Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 197 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Library's podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I am your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Maracle. Having a little bumpy start this morning? A little bit, but I was looking at the, uh, I was doing some math there. It's three episodes to the big 200, so. I know, but I don't have any cool plan. Well, we'll come up with something, man. We always do. We're, we're a bunch of geniuses on this episode. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I don't know who's like messing with our visual com- command center over here, but they are putting stuff we're over real fast. We're having a rough morning, but we do have to think of something for 200. Andrew thinks we should have the new director on oh it's a good it might idea be early for him he might be like he's busy directing man <laughs> he's, he's got he's got stuff he's meeting with people he's, he's got doing stuff yeah he's he's here he's there he's doing that seinfeld snap all over the room to people you know how it goes um <laughs> all right are you watching any of the january 6th stuff i am watching all of it man it is it's actually pretty, pretty it's quite compelling tv yeah they really they <laughs> they pro- program the heck out of that thing man they know exactly the order to put stuff in yeah. I hope other people are watching. I don't know if they are. I don't know what the I ratings are. I know the first day like. had huge ratings, like football, Sunday football ratings. Yeah. And, you know, they got, a, they got another one today, and I think then they're done till July for – they're done for July because they're going to have two more. I caught all of it, but then I just listened to it on YouTube yeah. after. But anyway, This it's is one of those little recap shows um, What else is going on? Did you celebrate the summer solstice? Did you run naked through a field under the moon or anything? Uh, You know, I was going to, but I ended up having to ref a lot of lacrosse games that day, actually. They took advantage, so they were like, oh, we're going to do three hours, and we're going to play till 9 o'clock. So So you messed that up, Jacob. It's an important holiday for your people. You didn't burn sage or anything? I mean, of course. (laughs) I try to burn sage as often as I can, um, you know. For religious purposes, but do you really burn sage? No, well, no, I don't burn sage. You're a terrible Indian, aren't you? I'm an awful one, man. <laughs> like, <clears throat> I try to do the best I can. I, I you, I'm here for the tax purposes. <laughs> that oh is, that my why god, you that's just I terrible. Get, I can get a job at the casino, uh, <laughs> like literally without even trying. So you watch Reservation awesome. Dogs? I do actually. I like that show. That show is excellent, and that lead boy is the prettiest thing that ever did exist. Can I also say um, it is scarily accurate? The second that those two little hip hop listening um, midget kids came on, oh, I love those kids on their bikes. Dude, as soon as I saw that, I literally guffawed because I'm like, oh my god, I have seen dudes exactly like this. Like it was ringing too true. I don't know how Taika does it, but he has nailed what the uh, what the res is like. Yeah, if no, if people aren't watching that, it's on Hulu. Maybe we'll talk about it at some point. But Reservation Dogs is a great show. Want to watch a hilarious show about utter hopelessness? Go watch Reservation Dogs. Well, a little bit of that. But um, (laughs) speaking of the summer solstice, it happened. So it's officially summer. Yes, number one. And especially for those under 18, because it means that it is almost time or they are done with school. Yep, they're out of there, man. Throwing their books in the air and like going for the bell and all that stuff. All of that. The last day of school is probably one of the most euphoric feelings a young person can feel. It's like equal with Christmas morning. It's it's pretty high up there. (laughs) The last day of school. No longer getting for classes. Nope. Um, big summer movies happening. Uh-huh. Some lucky kids go to summer camp. There's always cookouts, mm-hmm. fires. Mm-hmm. I love it. Even the teachers are waiting, are waiting for you that wanna, bell to ring. I the think last day. that the teachers are waiting more than the kids are because this is about the time where like they've been playing movies for the past two, a week and isn't a half that or whatever. Funny, like as an adult, you're like, wow, I see this differently. I thought nobody could want it more than we did, but now you're like, no, the <laughs> teachers are like, we are done with you. I know a couple teachers, and they literally counted down. Like, they'll just wake up in the morning and be like, I got two days left and I'm out of here. 
I mean, even if one has been out of school for a while, I think there's a chance that you'd still feel a certain wave of nostalgia for that sensation that the last day of school used to bring. I know as an adult, I'm excited because that means there's going to be less people on the road and I don't have to deal with school buses in the morning and I get to get places quicker. So, so. pragmatic, Jacob. That's what I do, man. What I like about you. But I will say, love it or hate it, the high school years definitely help shape us into the people that we are today. Um, and with all of the hormones, the troublemaking, the misplaced sense of entitlement, the what else is involved, the confusion, uh, we'll throw in a little inf- sexual exploration. Inflated self-worth. All uh, of that. But movies about high school make for pretty darn good entertainment because that is a lot of elements. Oh, oh yeah. It's, it's the key, man, right there. Yes. Yeah, so today we're going to talk about movies that perfectly capture. Some of them have that like end of school feeling. That's what I was going for. But then there weren't really enough movies specifically for that. Mm-hmm. So that we're also going to kind of just do some of our favorite um, high school films in general yeah, as like well. End of high school kind of stuff. We're going to figure it out. Everybody, don't worry. We, we molded this to exactly how we want it. Don't yeah, worry about separately it. Separately with little communication. That's how we work. But regardless <laughs> of where you stood in your lunch table ecosystem, let us all take a minute to reminisce um, on some of the good things. Maybe first kisses. Maybe like pep rallies. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe that time when simpler problems seemed really big. And then later you're like, oh, it just gets worse and worse. The, the year was 2000. <laughs> if you wanted to get a hold of somebody, you had to call their phone and hope they were at home. That is right, folks. A home phone. Yeah, but you guys don't even know. Or that you'd call and their parents would pick up. <laughs> and you'd have to have like a conversation with your friend's parents, which I feel young people now could not even handle oh, for one I, I didn't like doing it. I'm like, hey, hi, this is Jacob. Could you let her know that I'm home? Can she come out to play? So anyway, please. (laughs) Oh, let me tell you something. As a guy, don't say that because that will be the last time that you ever saw that girl. Only if you're the guy. Um, But please, walk walk down memory lane with us, will you? (laughs) (laughs) We're we're going down the lane, everybody. That was classic radio. What else can you do? Come on, we're entering the room. Uh, I'm not no Doris's creak. Well, I was trying to get the, the high pitchedness. Well, we're, 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 that's why we're not an old time radio. Oh my gosh, we're gonna. That needs to. Maybe that'll be our 200th episode. Ooh. We could do an old timey episode. Ooh, I like that. I get to do a voice the whole time. I think we. I think you we shall win. will. <laughs> oh, <right>. beautiful. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna start with the film Lady Bird. Oh, okay. Good, good choice. <clears throat> the notion of finishing school and attending university. This is a huge step experienced by millions around the world. And this relatability really helped spur Greta Gerwig's excellent debut feature, Lady Bird, to critical acclaim. Really oh, heavy critical very acclaim. Very well. Focusing as it does on a bored Sacramento teenager and her desire to get into an East Coast college. So Saoirse Ronan is um, kind of a typically suburban girl. She goes by Lady Bird. She is a prickly teenager whose desire to escape her 2002 era surroundings where will, I think, strike a chord with everybody who's kind of grown up in that small town and is like, I need to get the heck out of here. Especially if you have, like, the overbearing crazy mom. That definitely <laughs> so good add though. to it. The, the film, though, it it's authentic portrayal of the teenage experience by turns. Like, it can be alienating or infuriating or funny and moving. That's what makes it such an excellent film and a really, really perfect schools out movie. And I will say, as Jacob mentioned, like, the supporting cast is superb. Mm-hmm. Lori, um, 
Metcalf as and Jackie in there. And Jackie as her overprotective mother is amazing. Beanie Feldstein, um, who will come up later on this episode, as the loyal best friend, also excellent. So Lady Bird's a good one. Getting some good ones, man. Can't wait to go see her new movie when Barbie comes out. I've been seeing those Ken pictures flying around the internet left and right. Oh, so. um, Beanie? No, Greta Gerwig. She's directing the Barbie movie. So. Oh, is she? Mm-hmm. That's why it's like it's going to oh, be interesting. Oh, I hope. I see bits of it, and I'm like, you are either fantastic or you're a nightmare. There's no middle nope. on that film. That's exactly what it's going to be, and I am waiting to see it. <laughs> Rethink your decision on putting Barbie Girl in there, because I think everybody wants it. I mean, the casting is excellent, so I have no complaints We there, We do not have time to get into the Barbie <laughs> movie, because we could talk about that for a while. All right. All right. So uh, I was sitting there watching um, Josie and the Pussycats the other day for no good reason. And Truly. After I got back from my little trip through time, I was thinking, you know what's another great uh, high school flick at this time? Can't hardly wait. The 1998 end of the, end of the school year party classic. Yeah, I didn't. In the world of teenage films, I did not hate that one. Yeah, it, man. And you want to talk about that'll just send you all the way back through time. And not just because of the actors, of course, yeah. who became famous that are just in the background jason siegel um is like the biggest big name that is this uh bit character with like one line that was that girl who was really famous and then what jennifer love hewitt's in that right yep jennifer love hewitt's in that one uh ethan embry remember him he's he's the star of that movie (laughs) peter fascinelli is rocking around in there with i thought he was gonna be these names are a little foreign to me but i'm sure if i saw them i would know oh you would know them yeah seth green of course is bopping around this is when he could actually headline a movie yeah but if you don't know it's like a big party at the end of the year where all these different kids have different stories and they all have to culminate at this party and to bring their entire lives together. So, like, Seth Green is trying to, uh, you know, hook up, as was the style at the time. Uh, we got Ethan Embry, who's trying to tell his dream girl that he loves her. I loved him. I thought he was so cute. He, yeah, he had a <laughs> geeky little nice vibe to him. Yeah, yeah. geeky nice vibe. Perfect. Give Ethan Embry this, man. He's got that whimsical little looking off to the that stargaze smile look. He, he nailed that thing, man. <laughs> We got the uh, the jock who wants to dump his girlfriend because he knows when he gets to college, he's going to be the man. You know how that goes. I guess. And then we got the smart nerd who's looking to get revenge on said bully, so he's planning an elaborate way to ruin this dude's life. There's some good stuff going on here oh, that only the late 90s could. I would watch that again. That's one I haven't seen since I was young. I've seen it recently, and it actually is pretty pretty fun it's okay. also interesting to see how you all the shenanigans you can get into in a world before cell phones man like it is just completely different dynamic it was a good time oh so great it was a good time um okay a film i talk about a lot because i won't stop until i know that everyone has seen it is the movie eighth grade um yeah, yeah that you better keep talking about it because oh, that is not a well much seen movie it is so good it takes place on the last week of school for middle grade student kayla so she'll be entering high school pretty soon. It is the directorial debut for comedian Bo Burnham, um, who had a great couple, yeah. last couple years. Be, be a lot of critical acclaim coming come Burnham's way lately. He's really excellent. And it examines a host of issues like how a generation who has grown up with social media so prevalent in their lives copes with mental health as well as their own Um, sense of self, which is a really big part of the movie. And the views on social media, it's both negative and positive as Kayla projects an image of herself on a social media platform that nobody seems to follow. Yeah. But also gives her a sense of control that she does not have in her day-to-day life. So it's not just like, this is terrible. It's like, this is here. This is what kids are dealing with. And it doesn't even have to be 
I watched that and related so hard to eighth grade, even though I didn't even have any of that social media stuff. I was just like, wow, it seems like it would have been way more difficult. Oh, yeah. Well, like, holy cow. Like, it's interesting to think that kids, like, back in back back in our day, when you wanted to brand yourself, you really did kind of have to wait till a new school year, and then you come back with, like, different clothes, yeah, different yeah. attitudes. You I have a leather coat now. <laughs> no, nobody's seen me in two months. Then I can completely change who I am. But, like, kids can't do that these days because everything that they're doing, everything they say, that's all cataloged, and so you have to put I more, mean, it's like, really long-term. true. That's, that's – I didn't think about that, that you can change, but people can look you up. I had that in eighth grade when I went to high school. Mm-hmm. I, like, grew my bangs out. I got contacts. I stopped Ooh. letting my mom take me shopping at Fashion Bug, and I went to Amvets instead. And oh. I really came into a much better self. But eight- I, I made the jump from public school to city honors from eighth to high school. So that was, I didn't know nobody, man. Like, so I'm coming in there as a blank slate. Yeah, it's always tricky. But eighth grade is a film that treats the complexities and also the fears of growing up and changing in a way that is as realistically horrifying but also kind of sweetly mundane, where truly a pool party at this point in your life is one of the scariest things that could ever happen to you. But also the promise that as one grows up, their expectations of themselves change. It's excellent. Please watch the film Eighth Grade. So good, man. Go check it out, everyone. Love it. It's underrated, underseen, underappreciated, just under everything for that movie. Yeah. All right, so... Another one of a t- one for our time, 2007's Super Bad, a movie that was huge yeah, when sure we were young was. and nobody talks about it anymore, and I'm kind of disappointed. Well, it. it propelled the people to crazy startups. Oh, so. my God, yeah. So this movie was written by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. You might have heard those guys. <laughs> they're they're kind, of, uh, kind of popular these days. Mm. Uh, you know, it, it starred a bunch of no-names with Jonah Hill, Michael Sarah, Emma Stone. Uh, Bill Hader is running around in there, so is Seth Rogen. You know, they, they never really went on to do anything in this movie. But um, if you haven't seen it, uh, a pair of high school seniors are having one last night of debauchery before going to college and dealing with the fact that their lives are changing. So it's basically a one crazy night movie with, like, you know, you got a big party going on. You got to go there. You got to let the girl you like know that you like her. And you got to, like, make all these decisions that are going to affect the rest of your life when you're 18 That's, years old. Those and, are big deals, man. But it's all wrapped in just a very crude, like, R-rated, R-and-a-half-rated comedy. <laughs> which, if you weren't there at the time, like, you, you don't realize how big... This movie was huge when it came out. Like, yeah. Everybody was just all about going to see it. The McLovin stuff was everywhere. Oh, McLovin stuff. I forgot. <laughs> it was actually annoying afterwards because people did. wouldn't shut up about it. It's, it's it, kept, it was right up there with the Borat impression. <laughs> and those people wearing that bikini at Halloween is basically like, enough, man. Wrap it up. But, like, <laughs> yeah, if you're looking for a good, like, end of the year uh, high school buddy comedy with a lot of, like, legit A-list talent, like in there, go go check out Super Bad. Everyone, you might be surprised how funny it actually was. Yeah, I would throw that on any time. Um, and I think this is kind of a very similar film to Super Bad, but I'm going to talk about Booksmart. Oh, okay. That's another so, side piece to eighth grade, a little bit. Yeah, I would say that it's kind of like the spiritual successor to it. Um, even though this was the directorial debut for Olivia Wilde, but you know, as we said, eighth grade's last day of middle school, and Book Smart follows Molly. We got Beanie Feldstein again. See, she's. We told you, everybody. We did, and Amy, played by Caitlin Deaver. Deaver? Sound right? I'm not sure. We'll yeah. go Deaver. Sounds good. And on the night before their graduation. They are looking to have fun and party after years of only focusing on their academics in school. So they're like, we haven't done anything. We need to like get out there and experience anything. And I think that 
Which Again, is, it's a fair way to feel when you're in high school. It's fair, but it's hard to just get into that when everyone's like, yeah. who are you? But while eighth grade focuses on the anxiety of entering high school, Book Smart revels in the celebratory nature that one feels as high school ends, which is great, but also the slight uncertainty that awaits your life right. afterwards. Because this is like all that you've known. And as you should be nervous because whew, you're about to get hit with the old wrecking ball is like life's coming at you fast. Man. Yeah, that's it. I mean, absolutely. So it's like you have a sense of accomplishment, but also anxiety. And that is why I like Booksmart because it acknowledges both those aspects. But it, again, really celebrates the end of high school as a momentous occasion that you that you should celebrate. And you get to see, like, what if you're on a different path of your best friend? Yep. I mean, that's really poignant at that age. And I think it's like with Lady Bird, it taps into that universal truth of finishing school um, may well send you and your best friend separate ways. Yep, super bad. I guess like we just said, that's another one that deals with the same kind of an idea. Like the yeah. um, book smarts, like the, the girl perspective, super bad is kind of the guy perspective. That's an important important time in your life but all in all you're getting people going hog wild on their final night oh absolutely of school which i like everybody finally realizes like hey i'm never gonna see 95 99 yeah. of these people ever again in my life so who doesn't cares? matter so i think this is a classic schools out movie all right see we're nailing it man <laughs> all right so now now i gotta go ahead and jump into a little bit of the absurdness for you okay so 1995 you know who was a big star back then and still is today Adam Sandler, and that's when he came up with one of his funniest and classic movies, Billy Madison. Now, you might ask, why did I put Billy Madison on this list? Mm. Because technically, every single week that he goes to school in this movie is the end of school year for him because he's only got to go there for one week. Wow. <laughs> for, Flip the script, this guy. I hate that movie, by the way. Really? You probably will hate it even more if you go back and watch it because it is childish. But, of course, I thought it was pretty fun. I still. Although, fun. I didn't know you were going to do it. But um, I should grab that clip, the best clip of the teacher at the, the debate show. Oh, yeah, of course. It's still, that's still a great gift, and it's a great use for when you have to tell people off. It is everybody. It was the stupidest thing I ever heard. <laughs> and we all are a little dumber for I think I'm gonna. Clip. I think I'm going to end the show with it. I like it. Okay. It, it, it literally encapsulates all of our show. It's true. <laughs> so, so if you... <laughs> So if you have not seen it, uh, it's uh, uh, one of the movies that made Adam Sandler a star. Basically, Billy Madison is this super stupid dude who basically has lived off his dad the entire life, who is a hotel magnate and a billionaire. And Billy wants to run his company one day, but, you know, you kind of have to have actually graduated school for that. So they come up with a convoluted plot that if he is able to graduate every grade up through high school, after one week of attending school, then he can run the company, which I could see a few problems with and some stuff the stockholders might not be you'd, happy you'd with. Think. But if you want to see Adam Sandler when he's young and actually like hungry and not just going through the motions. Yeah, but why does he have to do that voice the whole time? That voice well, kills me. Yeah, there's some not great stuff, but <laughs> you, you get an idea why Adam Sandler was, this, you know, became the star that he's a mega star now, man. Yeah, he's remaking the he's, Scout for Netflix. I mean, he's making some better choices now. Yeah, yeah, he's, but he, he had to do this stuff to get in our attention. So, I get it. So remember, everybody, this is Adam Sandler. It is stupid yes. with a capital S, but you will find yourself laughing and then hate yourself for it afterwards. If Jacob so. knows it's stupid, that mm -hmm. is saying a lot. Oh, yeah, no, oh, yeah, lot, a lot. That 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 should give you. That's a big red flag there for everybody. No. Know what you're getting into, but you'll have a good time. Let's do a classic here. 1986, Pretty in Pink. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. This is probably the per perfect kind of feel-good John Hughes flick. 
I think this yeah. is he really shined here. He's got his muse, Molly Ringwald, that in that, it. That's that yeah, that's who he wants, man. He gets Molly Ringwald or Anthony Michael Hall in there, he's good to go. Loves him so much. This film is about kind of class differences at a suburban Chicago high school. We have Andy, that's Molly Ringwald, and her friend Ducky, um, played by oh, John Cryer. Oh, Ducky. Who is secretly in love with her. Um, and they're both from the wrong side of the tracks. But when rich boy Blaine, played by Andrew McCarthy, who I had such a crush on. I was always a Weekend at Bernie's Andrew McCarthy guy. He's the best. But he expresses interest in her, but she's not sure if she can trust him because it's like, where is this coming from? She kind of looks down on herself. And especially since his friends, um, including perhaps the best actor ever at playing 80s era jerks, James Spader. Oh, Spader, man. That he dude, nailed it. He loves it, man. It, he, he, if he didn't have to do the blacklist now, he would still be doing these high school <laughs> But he makes fun of her, so she's like, I don't know that I can trust any of this. So the plot is not like the freshest plot ever. It's a John Hughes movie. They're usually not. Exactly. But it is infused with that really sweet sensibility um, that is lacking in some other films, and I love it. I Good. will always love Pretty in Pink. Interesting, controversial end on that movie, so go watch it and tell people what you think, because not everybody agrees oh, with I, the... Oh, I agree with the ending 100%. See, you're one of... Yeah, okay. I See, it's interesting, because not everybody does. Yeah, yeah, they wanted to force her to like her friend that she doesn't like that way. Yeah, which <laughs> like, they oh, kind well, of made that point the entire movie. It's, yeah, like, uh, it's uh, that uh, whole, like, nice guy thing of, like, oh, I've been nice to you, so you owe me, like, a relationship, or she's like, I don't like you that way. Yeah, it's kind of like, yikes, 80s, but what are you going to do? It's still a great movie, man. Go, It's worth checking out. Oh, like, always worth checking out. You know what? I'll bring out another John Hughes classic, Ferris Bueller's Day Off from 1986. Okay. You want to talk about end-of-the-year um, high school slacker movies. <sighs> Nine times. That is how many times... Ferris was off of school, and he decided to try it for a tenth time, and the, basically everything went crazy on God, that. I was obsessed with that movie. It's another one crazy day movie, so, you know, the coolest guy in school takes a day off of school because he wants to just cut, but it kind of has some consequences for all of his friends, his girlfriend, his principal, played by, don't worry about it, we're not going to mention that guy's name on this show, um, but <laughs> he's got Ed Rooney after him. He's got his friends going to baseball games. They're going to uh, museums going on, just having the best day of their lives while also kind of realizing, you know, we got to start making some changes because life is, you know, coming at you fast, as they say. <laughs> I would say well this done. Is, I would say this is one of John Hughes's more popular movies, right? Like, it's got to be I the mean, upper echelon. I mean, most of his films are popular, but this is definitely crazy lasting power. I wanted Ferris's bedroom more than anything in this world. Oh, it's, it's a great setup, man. He's got, like, the the lights, the windows going on both sides. He's got and, the like, great this, thing. he had that mannequin that would sleep and snore and roll over. Like, so impressive. Can you imagine, like, setting up this Rube Goldberg trap in your house in, like, the 80s? Like, like just the sheer weight of the equipment you'd need to it make this work. Film. Oh, such a good movie. Go check it out, everyone. And I'll just kind of mention, because this is maybe a school's out movie in spirit only, but another John Hughes would be The Breakfast Club. Oh, yeah. That's another one. You know, they're going back to school, but you really get that um, feel to it. All the characters, they have like, they all have a realization. They're not defined by their stereotypes anymore. We're like, yeah, pump your fist up in the end. So that's a good one. But God, Judd Nelson, then we were a butcher, a baker, a candlestick maker. Oh, and now gosh, we found out that we it. are. I'll talk about a film that um, was a little overshadowed when it came out 1992 School Ties. 
You know what? That movie is forgotten, and it's kind of a, it's bad because that's a great movie. It's a great movie, but I think it was overshadowed because of the other 1950s elite prep school movie, Dead Poets Society, which oh. I love so much. And people were like, well, I can accept one I of think, these. I think School Ties is a better movie, actually. Well, it's really an underrated gem. It focuses on a football player on a scholarship who at first hides his Jewish heritage from his anti-Semitic classmates um, and is later blamed for a cheating scandal. Mm-hmm. And of course. this came out in 1992 and is like just a who's who of young male actors from the 1990s. So we got Brendan Fraser. Who kills it in this movie. He dude. absolutely does. We have Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> Chris O'Donnell. Uh, I'm Chris O'Donnell. Cole Hauser, who you might not know unless you're big uh, on That's our um, Yellowstone, Yellowstone boy. Yellowstone boy. And Ben Affleck. So ben Affleck. the most unfortunate part of this film watching it now is that the subject matter is still super relevant today. Unfortunately, yeah. Don't love that. But the film also stresses important lessons about prejudice and inclusion. So if you somehow missed it, it's definitely worth checking out. Great go, film. Go back and watch that. And you're kind of like, man, how did, why did Brendan Fraser just, like, we know why, but it's like, man, it stinks that Brendan Fraser just disappeared from Hollywood for like so long. It's I don't know crazy. why he disappeared. We'll talk about it after the, oh, okay. after the thing. But yeah, it's, oh, it's wow. kind of crazy to think about it. I'm going to tell you about a lot of Hollywood scandals after this episode. I think you're going to you're going to learn some stuff. Uh, always we're running out of time as I know. Um, okay, so next one, how about we go a little more sci-fi as well? Let's go to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure from 1989. <laughs> Gosh, it's so funny. I would never think of that as a high school movie, but like, of course, it, it totally is. is. So it's like basically it's like the a history two, lesson. The two high school stoners? Question mark. I'm not even totally sure if they are. They have to be. They have to be. But no they, one can <laughs> talk that way. But they don't really. Address they ne- it. they never really talk about it. Directed by the great Stephen Herrick, one of my favorite trash movie directors of all time. <laughs> that dude. And he's rocks. got a list. Yeah. So it's the first part of the Bill and Ted franchise. The third one with just recently coming out in 2020. Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter are basically two buddies who are about to fail their um, high school history class and therefore flunk out of high school, to which Keanu Reeves will then get sent to a military academy. Don't tell me how that works when you're 17 turning into 18 and why you would have to go to that. (laughs) Don't worry about it. But basically, but it turns out George Carlin comes back from the future because these guys are going to write a song that's going to unite the world, and they basically set the entire course of future history. So, By going in the past. Yes. So he gives them a right. phone book, or phone book, a phone booth to go back through time so they can collect major historical figures so they could put on their history report and graduate from high school and stay together. What a convoluted plot, but it is just so much fun, man. It's still, is the new movie any good? It, if you like the first three, it's ex- oh, first two, it's exactly like those other two movies. Okay. So I had a fun watching it. I mean, I liked them as like a kid, so I don't know. Yeah, well, it's the same kind of, like Beavis and Butthead have a new movie coming out today, as a matter of fact. So, like, it, it's, it's really? all coming back. Yeah. Beavis and Butthead. Oh, yes. There is, oh my goodness gracious. I'll show you the trailer after wow. this. Um, but yeah, uh, if you want to see get an idea like wow Keanu Reeves really has been around forever and this dude still looks <laughs> the exact same he's got like the same hair oh, the same the same everything man but like uh, it's so much fun they're having a ball making it it's just a fun little put it on you're gonna have a good time everybody Bill and Ted go check Bill it out Bill and Ted um, I'm gonna talk about the new age Molly Ringwald here which is Haley Steinfeld in the edge of 17 she really is the new uh, she really channeled her um, in this film it's a sharp spin on that classic teenage dramedy um, 
I'd say it's a radically honest film. It's quick-witted. We have high school junior Nadine and her self-aware quest to endure the awkwardness of her salad days. Mm. I threw that in there. Are you familiar with salad days? I know the saying. I don't know where it comes from. Oh, it actually comes from uh, Shakespeare. Oh, okay. It means a youthful time. I was trying to be fancy. Well, you were because you done outfancied me. And I am not one to be out fancy very often. <laughs> but you know what it meant. That's good. So everybody throw that in. But and not to mention, it doesn't hurt that her teacher mentor is played by Woody Harrelson. Never a bad thing. You it's get a great some, film. Get, I watched Venom too, which is just the worst movie I've seen in years. But Woody Harrelson, not awful, unlike everybody else in there. All movie. right. Well, that's good. Why don't you, can you do one more, and then I'll do one more, and then we'll get the heck out of here. Uh, we got to bring out the big one, Dazed and Confused, the 1993 Richard Linklater uh, huge dramedy. One. You got to bring that one up. You want to see where Matthew McConaughey came from? <laughs> Why he's such a big deal? Go check out this movie, everybody. I love that that movie comes up so much in our show. I, all the time. <laughs> I, really I even tried not to think about ways to put it in, but I'm like, you know what? It's kind of got to be in there, man. Uh, um, but yeah, you want to see a bunch of stars. Matthew McConaughey, uh, Ben Affleck, Mila Jovovich, Cole Hauser again. My man's still popping up. That's true. That's really funny. God, it, of you know what? If the if uh, Cole Hauser from uh, your movie and Cole Hauser from this one uh, ate each other, then they might be a half of what Cole Hauser is why these days. Why are you like that? That's not my fault. Ask Cole Hauser. No, why you're just weirdly here. judgy. I think he looks <laughs> fine. Don't sure. listen to Jacob. He's a jerk. <laughs> the last film I want to talk about is Cooley High. Oh, um, my God. There's yeah. another one I haven't seen in two years. A long years. time. It's a tough one. It's set in the mid-60s in Chicago, and it follows a group of friends who are celebrating the end of the school year. Super exciting time. Yep. But that is put to a halt when two of the group are sort of falsely accused of stealing a car. Sort of? Um, so you have really. Cochise, who is like the local basketball hero, and you have Preach, who's dreaming of a career of of becoming a writer. Um, and they're hanging out with friends, and they're just having a great time. But then these kind of like real gangsters in their neighborhood steal a car and have them go for a, a joyride with them. The police find out. They all get arrested. And while nobody snitches, um, a teacher kind of comes and is like, you know, Preach and um, Cochise are good kids, so the police let them go. And then when the gangsters are like, well, the reason they're leaving is obviously they must have snitched. Obviously. Which makes it really difficult when those guys get out of um, jail. I mean, when gangsters are looking for you, nothing good can come of that. But this is considered one of the realest films to depict black youth in low-income neighborhoods. It's inspired a ton of films after it. So if you've never seen Cooley High, now is the time. A little bit of advice for everybody out there. Everybody talks, so don't even bother committing <laughs> crimes and don't bother trying to keep it's, yourself safe because everybody talks. It's true. Everybody's talking about everything yeah. all the time. Don't, but If you think they aren't, trust me. Jacob, they are. we need you to talk because we're out of time. So if you are getting out or looking to get some nostalgia or getting out of high school and you need a way to kind of kill that first month fresh out of there, stop by your local library. <laughs> we got books, movies, everything you need at our 37 branches all throughout Erie County. Stop on by and say hi. Don't forget to visit our website at www.buffalolib.org. Check out what we got going on, any programs, uh, get yourself a library card. There's a million things to do on there, so go check it out. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at AllBookedUpPod and let us know what high school end of movies you are checking out. We love that. So let's talk about some schools. Did you know that the Shishi High School, located in Chengdu, China, is the world's oldest school? It was established in 194 A.D. Jeez. Okay. It has been kicking around, still happening. 
long time. That is a lot of education, man. I hope they updated the curriculum a little bit. A little bit. Around 1902 is when it became modern. That's a long time after, though. It got changed a little bit after that. (laughs) We can get into that story sometime. Um, The largest school in the world in terms of number of students is the City Montessori School in Lucknow, India. Mm. It entered the 2019 Guinness Book of World Records for its numbers of, of pupils attending the school. There are currently more than 56,000 students attending on a daily basis. Oof. Dude, <laughs> you, don't, you don't even get out past attendance. You're it's, just like, it's all it's your whole day. They have over 4,500 staff. <sighs> Isn't that just wild? I don't know how you can even learn anything in that environment, man. It's a little city you're it, walking it around. It seems a little wild. Um, the children in the Netherlands always start school on their fourth birthday. Oh, so that's there's rough. always someone new in class. So it means the older students get more time to settle in and make friends, but it also means that they, all the students should be at a similar development level by the time that their first day of school rolls around because everyone is four. There's not some kids that are four, some kids that are five, some kids that have the later birthday, you know what I mean? That yeah. has, they've shown, makes a really big deal. Um, so yeah, think, it's interesting. Happy really birthday. Think, I don't really think development works like that, but all right. No I mean, it does. I started school no, I mean, I get I that, was but still it's also four, like, and other kids were like late into five. That's a huge difference. No, yeah, but like, you know, kids that are like, you know, four, like one month in, they're like already learning a whole year of school, and the other ones are like, I don't know nothing, man. Yeah, I don't know. But it's the Netherlands, and they're always doing everything right, so I'm not worried. Yeah. Um, and the last one, in, the rem- in a remote area of Colombia... Kids have to travel to school on a zip line. Nice. <laughs> nice. That's what I'm talking about, dude. It's this really isolated valley called Los Pinos. The very young kids are not allowed to use the zip line alone. Oh, so they good. travel with their parents or an older sibling. Um, but if they didn't travel to school this way, they'd have to walk through the rainforest and it would take two hours to get to school. That is metal, dude. That dude, is z- awesome. Z- zipping away. But so I never want to actually go to Colombia, but you know, going on the school zip lines, that could be fun. That sounds, that sounds amazing. Okay, thank you so much for listening. Um, we're going to catch you next time and we're going to take you out with the summation of our show here. Let's do it. <laughs> what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul.